right, this podcast has been a hell has been hell to put together this week, and that's where I'm going to start off with, actually. So, <laughs> welcome, guys, to podcast uh, episode number four of Gaming Explain Real Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Andre. I guess I never say it that way, but I'm doing it this week. I don't know. I don't know how things are going this time. And we are joined by Derek and Tom, and we're going to start things off with, with what we've been up to. So, Derek, what have you been up to? Even though we already know, because already, you just said it in a previous <laughs> attempt at recording this. We're going in circles. Yeah, it's episode four, but it's a third retake, yep. just because we can't get this crap to work. Episode oh, four, C. Oh, boy. It's been, a, it's been a week of tech issues, been, it yeah, seems. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, no, with me, it's been a uh, kind of an average week. I mean, nothing too bad. Is mostly playing Fire Emblem. Got the chance to play a little bit of... Uh, uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, and the big one was I actually got to watch three more episodes of Jessica Jones, which uh, is still pretty, you know, I, I'm still intrigued, but it's not hooking me in the same way as Daredevil, and I think that might be because Daredevil was a lot more focused, you were always, it was always Daredevil versus the Kingpin, and how right. it was this big thing, how he's trying to work his way to the Kingpin. And with Jessica Jones, you have this central villain, but there's also all these side characters with all these different uh, plot lines. And It's like Game of Thrones. Not, yeah, but it's not <laughs> quite coalescing in the same way as right. Game of Thrones, where each one is interesting. It's I don't know. It's, it's very, very strange. And it's not to say that Jessica Jones is bad anyway. I mean, it, it keeps me interested, but I'm just not feeling that same level of commitment where with Daredevil I was blowing off work in order to watch more episodes <laughs> Jessica Jones I'm like eh, okay it's probably time to get back to work you know Andre's your boss right <laughs> oh wait he is crap <laughs> hey I got it done I got it done I just a little later <laughs> that's why we have two win- that's why there's like dual screens right I mean it's TV on yeah. one side work on the other exactly, exactly. there we go yeah, um, yeah. It's too bad. It's not. It doesn't, it doesn't sound as good as Daredevil because even though I couldn't quite make it all the way through Daredevil, what I saw of that show was good. Um, but you know, so this game, this one's not coming together quite as well. Like I heard, it had a really strong start, but I guess it's not just following through on that, huh? It's you want to see more of the central villain because he has such an interesting power, yeah. and you see more examples of it than anything else. Than like learning more about this character and. I'm ready to learn about this villain. Like with Kingpin, you were in his head. You could see what's going on, and I'm not getting that with this villain. So I'm not quite feeling the connection, I guess. I think I know your main problem, Derek, is that you're not watching uh, Better Call Saul instead. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I need to watch Breaking Bad first, which I I think I watched the first three episodes, and then for whatever reason, stop. If you're going to blow off work for anything, it better be for Breaking Bad. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to take a a week-long vacation and just marathon Breaking Bad. That's cool, right? (laughs) I haven't seen Breaking Bad either. That could be the marathon show this year's E3. There you go. I almost feel feel like it should be Rick and Morty season two. (laughs) Just continue the tradition. I'm gunning for that, yeah. Oh, Rick and Morty, (laughs) so good. Uh, That was fun. Needs to come back again. Uh, yeah, but speaking of tech issues, uh, I'm finally getting a new laptop because my old one is just crapping the bed, and it is time. The biggest issue that came up uh, this week, it was during my Fire Emblem Sacred Stone stream, computer just locked up completely. Couldn't move the mouse, couldn't do anything, couldn't even hit Control-Alt-Delete. I had to do a hard reset, and I don't know why. It's uh, it's And there's just all kinds of other little problems as well where... I have my um, computer plugged into the wall, and it's only at 62%. The battery only, is only saying it's at 62% charge, and it never goes any higher, never goes any lower. And there's just all kinds of just little issues with this thing. Plus, a newer laptop would allow me to render faster at 1080p with 60 frames per second and actually get up there. So I'm excited for this thing to come. <laughs> It's not much like uh, having a fresh, brand new computer. <laughs> Until yeah. it slows down like a week later. And it's like, oh, what is this, <laughs> what is this garbage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Tom, help me. You know tech, right? <laughs> yeah, just bring your laptop to E3. We can resuscitate it or <laughs> maybe put a yeah. fresh install of Windows on it. Maybe it'll be good for a couple weeks. Maybe. Yeah, and then it dies maybe. again. <laughs> yeah. New hard drive. All right, Tom. Yeah, what, shiny. What, have you, what have you been yep. up to? Uh, last weekend, I went off to my family's cabin for some snowmobiling. That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, like I took it's like a video game, 
but it's in real life. What? And it's no. Like a, it's like a it's like a roguelike though. So that Wait, what's this real one life shot thing at it? Speaking of <laughs> one shot, guys. <laughs> well, I, uh, I don't know. I just imagine wave race and 1080 snowboarding combined. Uh, and that's oh no, basically I played. Now, I played Sledstorm as, as a kid on PS1. <laughs> uh, I played Arctic Thunder. Oh. There you go. I all, actually also snowmobiled as a kid. Um, wow. And my dad had some snowmobiles, and we don't get enough snow anymore to actually snowmobile, except for this uh, blizzard that we got, but we kind of got rid of <laughs> that, the That global warming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's... But no, uh, snow, snowmobiling's yeah. a lot of fun. You could just, like, we go out into the fields and just cross-country and just, like hit those speeds and i don't know i i really enjoy snowmobiling yeah i uh liked a lot i especially love going up small trails going up winding up a mountain and stuff uh it's really a great sense of exploration um what i hate though is there's these long track snowmobiles that we basically have to pooch their trail from but they leave all these moguls on them in areas so mm. it's like going along and all of a sudden like bum 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 and <laughs> bumping and but I have a good story and a good tip for people snowmobiling. Go on. We were out there, uh, so my wife and I were on one snowmobile, and my dad was on another snowmobile. And I'm going along, and all of a sudden the snowmobile kind of sounds different. <laughs> now, I should have clued into when I was lawnmowing in the past, because all of a sudden it's sort of like, like it's running out of steam. And sure enough, a minute later, it comes to a stop, it ran out of gas. We go, it's <laughs> oh, okay. No. We have the spare gas can. We go to put the gas into the snowmobile. There's only like a little bit left. It's like, oh. So first of all, we should have topped up the snowmobiles before going out. And second of all, we didn't have really any spare gas in the gas can. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Start it. You had one job, gas can. Yeah, one job. So my oh. dad was... <laughs> yeah. But anyway, At my dad was... it wasn't... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tom. Okay, well, anyway, my dad was saying for me to go back and get it, but... There aren't, like, street signs on these back trails. I, I was about 90% sure the way back, but not 100%. So there's a chance I could get lost. Like, you know, there's only about three hours of sunlight left in the day because it's winter. So eventually my dad left, and it's just my wife and I there waiting for about an hour and a half. We got raced and got gas. But it's like, okay, now to find sticks and stuff in case, you know, a pack of wolves or a moose or something comes <laughs> oh at us. So, <laughs> yeah, this but, is uh, Canada. <laughs> yeah, it's Canada. So there's the uh, Canadian stereotype being pushed up some more by the Canadian. <laughs> well, and, then you, and then you went home to your igloo and drank some beer yeah. while uh, watching hockey. Yeah, but uh, no, it was the second time out snowmobiling this year because last year is like the global warming thing. There just wasn't enough snow last year, so between mm. two and three feet this year, not much nice. in February. Yeah, I want to go sometime. It looks like it'd be fun. Yeah, it yeah. is fun. And except what are you I, trying to say, Derek? Well, I was a terrible driver apparently as a kid. Like I was trying to take this turn once because what we would do is that yeah. we don't have any trails or anything around me, so we were. Um, trying to you know just we just drive in circles around these large fields that were around my near my uh parents place and yeah. uh the one time that we had worn down the snow so much that i was unable to turn exactly how i was supposed to and yeah. i ended up in a thorn thicket <laughs> it just oh. drove it right in there and uh i was fine but the snowmobile was stuck <laughs> so we had to get uh, a chain out with another snowmobile and pull it out and yeah i've I like snowmobiling. I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get better, Derek, by just doing it more or dying. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> what about you, Andre? What have you been doing? It's just been Twilight Princess HD o'clock over here, 24-7. That's all I've been doing this past week. Like, that's that's literally it. I've just been playing that game. I forgot how huge that game is. There is so much to it. So, I've like I've literally done like nothing outside of that. Uh, besides gather paperwork for that audit I had to deal with. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> taxes. Yeah. Fun. Uh, Everybody well, loves taxes, great. right? Yeah, my favorite. So, yeah, so that that's it. That yeah. and death. People like death and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and Twilight Princess, apparently. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I obviously can't review it, but it, has it been torture playing Twilight Princess so much? Or... <laughs> What's that say again? Has it been torture playing Twilight Princess so much? You know, not... I mean, the first ten hours, yes. 
Uh, <laughs> since then, it's been it's gone better. So I'm curious to see how it how it holds up through the end. I'm I'm getting closely. I'm finally in the uh, like the latter portion of the game. So or the you know I'm getting close to the end. I think. So if my memory serves correct, so <clears throat> I should have it wrapped up here in a couple days, and I'll be able to give my full my full verdict in our review on March first. I will say I think I am enjoying it a little bit more than I remembered enjoying it initially, but we'll mm-hmm. see we'll see how it holds up. So I'm curious to see what ends up happening here. Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, but. I guess that does it for how we've all been doing. I guess we should move on to the news, huh? I think so. And uh, in our new news segment, Derek, you're going to be the host of it, I think, right? So. <laughs> yeah, I think so, because I'm usually the one that gathers all this. Like, as you as you said, you've been doing nothing but playing Twilight Princess. So exactly. You're not really concerning yourself with the news. Nope. Um, well, I guess the first bit of news we uh, is... Capcom is considering to add, considering adding an uh, an arcade mode to Street Fighter V. Uh, I don't think either of you have actually played it yet, but it's pretty obvious at this point that the game is extremely bare bones, and there's the only single player content that you have is training mode, uh, story mission, story uh, modes, which are consist of three fights at most, uh, sometimes only two at a pitiful difficulty where there's no challenge whatsoever and they're just and uh then a survival mode where it just goes too long so there's no real good way to get training in in the in the sort of typical fighting there is that an arcade mode would would provide and there's no way to adjust difficulty or anything like that so that's what i use in order to get better at street at fighting games i play through the story mode or the arcade mode and just get more fights under my belt so i can sort of figure out the characters on my own and I can't do that with this. And, and survival mode is just too easy in the beginning and it just gets it's gets too hard by the end. So I can't – there's no way for me to adjust it to really get used to the whole, the whole way it works. So I really hope they added an arcade mode. It should have been in there. But Street Fighter V is a bit of a mess. <laughs> Can I just say it boggles the mind <laughs> how there's no arcade mode in Street Fighter? I'm it's like, kind of amazing. I've been waiting to play against my friend. Will I not be able to play against him because there's no arcade mode in like a local setting? Will I have to be online? <laughs> oh. Well, you can play against friends locally, but that's about it. You can't even find a computer locally. Jesus. You need a, drinking, <laughs> yeah. need a few drinking birds pressing the buttons to do a Hadouken or something. <laughs> there you and go. People, Set that and, up. And people thought Splatoon is lying content. Ah, uh, Splatoon looks great in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> At least you had a sense that there was a complete game in there. There's not all these features that you know are supposed to be there and just no. aren't. Uh, yeah, and I actually thought Splatoon was a uh, yeah it was great. It was a great value even at launch. I know some would disagree, but I had such a blast with that game. It didn't matter that it only had five maps, and then they kept building upon that, uh, which is something Street Fighter really needs to do. Now, Ash did bring up a really good point though when we tried to record this discussion earlier in the day. Um, and that was the fact that he wonders if this is maybe a sign of things to come. With games, you know, becoming bigger budgets, you know, it takes it takes more money to make the kind of graphics and experience people demand these days. Uh, he, he's wondering if maybe more games are going to come or follow this model, like Splatoon, like Street Fighter V. And I would even, and I even threw in there as an example, like how the Final Fantasy VII remake is now being split up into uh, basically episodic, you know, episodic, ep- episodic episodes. Is what I was going to say, <laughs> different parts that you'll buy, you know, one at a time. Um, do you guys, have, do you guys have any thoughts on that? If like this might be like the future of some games, I could uh, see it being I, the future yeah. for some games, but. Not all of them, because we still got games like Fallout 4 that are stuffed to the gills with content. Xenoblade Chronicles X, stuffed with content. And, you know, there's still a lot there. So it all depends on the type of game and, I guess, how much, like, what their overall plan is and how they want to come out. But, yeah, but it's something, like, you do you think, like, it might, do you think it could be a problem moving forward if more games adopt this model? Yes, because if, as a Jim Sterling episode put it, this is basically the AAA version of early access, except you pay for That's the true. price of it. And yeah. you know, he brought up a lot of good points there, and it's 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 unfortunate. I think they can improve this situation. I think they can turn this around, but it's a very bad foot to start out on because the game plays fine. It's a it plays great. It's just nothing there for me to play with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Capcom, Street Fighter V, Early Access DX or something. (laughs) 
Uh, but I would, I would, I would say games. It looks like if you get the if the developer gets a chance or the publisher, they'll probably try to push more games as a service. I mean, look at how well it's done for stuff like Dota Two or even Team Fortress Two, which is free now, and it's just all sales of items and stuff. I mean, it might work out for us if we don't have to pay seventy bucks for the game or sixty bucks, and we just sort of buy what we want, uh, free to play style. But if the game's already sixty bucks to start with, and you don't have everything, that's uh, I'm kind of choked at that. Yeah, it's kind of it's a slippery slope for sure. Like I think I think there can be merit to it, but it's a balance of you know how, of how much to deliver to start with, at what cost, and then how frequently to deliver content down the line, and then potentially at what other cost. So yeah. it's it's tricky. It's you know it's going to be tough to find that balance for some people. I think Splatoon did a great job with it. Um, and yeah, we're, we have to see what happens here. But I think an example of a game that actually has handled it better, at least from what I can tell, I haven't played it myself, would be Killer Instinct. Like where they're rolling it out in seasons. With yeah, each season that's... they add more more things. Yeah, I definitely like that model better than uh, what happened with Street Fighter V. Uh, maybe we have to consider Capcom hasn't really have had as many huge games recently, so it could have been financial pressure to release it earlier. It could be that is also trying to make that um, the uh, big fighting tournaments that are happening, like Evo and uh, the Capcom Tour or something like that. Um, yeah, there, there's there's probably pressure f- from that aspect. But the thing that actually made me attracted to Street Fighter Five in the first place, like I normally would have held off on it, like I did with uh, Street Fighter Four. Um, but the fact that you were, they were saying how you could be able to, to get everything with in-game currency. And you can either choose to get the, the new costumes or the new characters by, by spending money, or you could earn them in the game and get get them that way and not have to spend a dime. So it is kind of so kind of like uh, your team fortress team fortress uh, twos and whatnot. Um, but they've just sort of failed to have enough content in there for me to really care about it at this point. And I think that's the, its ultimate failing is because those other games had a baseline content for you to enjoy continually or at least an idea because Team Fortress 2, like Splatoon, is mainly a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. And so is Street Fighter 4. But you need, with a fighting game, you need something – you need to be able to do it offline as well in some capacity because people are just used to it that way. Yeah. And it's not that hard to do, I would guess, with a fighting game. I mean, the story, let, let's be frank, you don't need the story. <laughs> and it, what's there it isn't that much. I mean, sometimes it's just little like 2D versions of the characters talking. I mean, it could just be a series of images. You don't need much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see if they've turned it around, but hopefully they, they'll add this arcade mode because... God, I could use it. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah. It's especially embarrassing compared to like Smash Brothers and how much how much content that game launched with, and they continue to build on it um, for the you know next year or so. Mm-hmm. And, and people are already yeah. just like comparing it to just Ultra Street Fighter Four or Arcade Edition or whatever, yeah. where it had like fifty characters or something like that, some crazy now, and you go down to sixteen, which I can understand because each of these characters do feel unique, but. It is one of those things where you compare, and it's it's a little fishy. <laughs> yep, that it is. Well, speaking of fighting games and characters, I think the biggest news of the week, guys, uh, far, I don't know why we talked about anything else, oh, but man. this is by far the only thing that matters, is the <laughs> fact that Sakurai considered adding Geno to Smash Brothers Brawl and Wii U and 3DS. That's amazing. I mean, it sucks <laughs> they didn't make it, but the fact that he even remembered and considered him is kind of mind-blowing to me, so... That would have been huge, I think, if they could have gotten him, at least for old school fans. I can understand why he didn't make it in, because it is from a single game, and it's like, yeah, people remember it, but how many... Yeah, so it was Duck Hunt. But Duck Hunt is a legacy game where you had, like, it was built packed in. Super Mario Mario RPG was not packed in with the game. Like, if you owed an an NES, you probably had Duck Hunt. Yeah, but if you played Super Nintendo and liked RPGs and liked Mario, you probably played Super Mario RPG. <laughs> you just made yourself a, your own little niche. <laughs> oh, boy. But what, do you, what would you have thought about Gino making it in, uh, Tom? Well, uh, for me, like I thought that, that would have been pretty cool, but 
you know, I guess he's thinking about the Square characters, and you got Gino on one hand. On the other hand, you have Cloud. You probably have to look. To no, Cloud. you go Gino every time. <laughs> it's always Gino in every situation. It does not matter. Ah, oh, it's it, it, that's the thing to me. It's like we were how close were we to, get, to Gino being a possibility? You and, got a costume. <laughs> yeah, God, no, that, that just rubs salt in the wound. I don't even give a crap about that costume. So, <laughs> I, I only hope that now that Cloud is actually a thing, we know that they, you know, Square and Nintendo have this relationship now. I can only hope that Gina will come as a character to Smash NX. That will be huge. That'd be awesome. And they, especially because like they've kind of like, you know, they're starting right now like top tier characters that can add to this game. Like, what more is there left? If you add Gino, you add an inkling, bam, I'm sold. That's all I need to know to go buy Smash Brothers NX. Hey, you you're asking for just Gino in Smash. Let's think big here. Let's have Square <laughs> Enix make another Mario RPG. Oh now that would be huge. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'd take that. I don't up. know if people would have I don't know if people would want Square Enix to make another That's Mario true. RPG. Maybe not, not not modern day Square. Well, we go back to the nineties and get nineties Square to make it. Yeah, travel back in time and get them. And meanwhile travel back in time and get rareware to make another game for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing is I uh, we we were had this discussion in our failed uh, attempt at all this. Uh, we kinda had the idea of um, Sakurai developing a new R- Mario RPG himself. Like, this, that would be his in-between game. Just by between... himself. He's programming everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> getting it's Sora to make it and yeah. all that. But, yeah, getting having... What about a Sakurai-led Super Mario RPG 2? That'd be, I, I mean, that'd be amazing. I mean, I don't know yeah. if, I don't think it's like his wheelhouse, but I don't care. It'd be, I'd be all, I'd be, i totally sign up for that. <laughs> I'd be okay with the Kirby cameos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he totally would. He tur- just turned Mallow into Kirby. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. Name it Wart's Revenge. <laughs> Done, sold. Yeah. Oh boy, but yeah, this it really would have been cool to have Gina because it is such a fan favorite character. This is somebody that like if you played Super Mario RPG, Gino is probably probably the most memorable character in that game. Well, I think so. Yeah, without question. Besides Mario. Actually, yeah, even including Mario. Screw it. It's Gino all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Super Gino RPG. Could have happened, but yeah. maybe it could still happen. What do you think? What do you think? You think it'll actually will actually happen? When it comes to like in terms of Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. or Gino getting his own adventure. I mean, in terms of Smash Brothers. Okay, yeah, Smash. I, I think anything's possible. Like with Nintendo, like after we've a trainer, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done trying to predict what they're going to do. I think any, literally anything is possible with Smash Brothers at, at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would not be surprised if you know does show up at some point. And that's that's actually almost the, the downside now of them having all these off the wall characters, which I love. It's like almost any, it says anything's possible now. It's like, oh, okay. Like, when Gino finally appears, I'll be happy. It was like, yeah, of course he's there now. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, still f- I feel like there'd still be a little bit of freak out. No, there, there would be. I mean, I'd, 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 lose, my, I'd lose my shit if that happened, so. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we have one more bit of news here, uh, but you are the one that actually introduced it, Tom. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what this is all about? Okay, well, basically, uh, this year, a lot of it has been about virtual reality, which Nintendo, you know, hasn't announced yet, but we'll see what happens. But basically, the high VR price point was announced recently at 799 US. So, I say US because I'm Canadian, you guys might take it for granted, but in Canadian dollars, that's probably over a thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. Oof. Yeah, so compared to a console that's 400 or less, uh, yeah, that's a lot of that's a big chunk of change. And comparably, the Oculus Rift, I believe that is 599. So this one's another 200 dollars more, but it does include the controllers, I believe. And it's going up for pre-order on February 29th and coming out not too long after the Oculus Rift. So, so I have so many thoughts on this. On the one hand, at 799, there's no way it's going to reach a large market and i don't know if they necessarily need or want to at this point uh, yeah. on the other hand when you're dealing with vr i think you almost need it needs to be good it needs to be done well and based on what we saw like we played with the hive at uh, last year's pax tom yep and we also played with octopus rift too uh, i think at that time it was was it the uh, i think i tried crescent bay is that what it was and then you tried the the older one the, it's not the older one yeah whichever yeah. one came before that um, and I thought both were impressive, 
But I thought the hive like just just blew just blew the Oculus Rift out of the water. Like being able to hold the controllers in your hand that sensed the complete three D movement. Which granted, Oculus is gonna have something similar too. We didn't get to try it at the time. But then also having um, the uh, uh, what else is what else? Well, oh, the, the, the whole room being able to walk around in. Yeah, like it added so much to it. Which at the same time makes it completely impractical for most people to use at home. But yeah. like. Going all in with that, like the hive for me was a like that to me was a, the the real future of VR potentially. Yeah, full immersion. I yeah. thought like after let's say Zelda sixty four and maybe a little bit of Sonic Adventure, I'd never be blown away by graphics in a game again. Sonic Adventure being on Dreamcast, which was pretty darn good at the time, uh, but even though the graphics necessarily weren't that good in the games, like one was sort of a crude three D cooking one. Uh, it it was fully immersive, and I was there. It wasn't like, oh, there's some polygons or anything. Like It was awesome just tossing a tomato from hand to hand with controllers yeah. and like, dropping it, picking it up. I mean, that yeah, it made, is definitely a real deal. It made doing things fun in the game that aren't anywhere close to fun in real life. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to go... I, like, I don't like cooking, but in the game, I'm like, oh, I'm throwing this tomato around. I'll put it in the, put it in the pot here and <laughs> turn it on the oven. And it's <laughs> fun for some reason. I don't get it, but... We yeah. have our next cooking mama. That's it, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like I iToy, not... they had the window washing. Yeah. <laughs> no, there Go you on, go. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I have not, never been able to try out uh, VR for myself. I have no idea how it compares um, or anything about it. But the thing is, I'm also I – maybe because of that, that's why I really don't have that much of an interest in VR. Like I'm not going to spend the money for an Oculus Rift. I'm certainly not going to spend the money for a high VR uh, it just doesn't seem like as of right now there's nothing that's been shown that's compelled me to put the money forth for that sort of thing mm-hmm. that, that's part of the problem is uh, right now there's not a ton of compelling software out there it seems like um, I mean some things can be compelling in the short term but you know like I do wonder like I do wonder there might be a novelty factor to this like how long will this novelty last yeah. for and once you get past that you know, you're back to it still, you know, the game itself has to be good. Uh, so that's going to be the tricky thing. And with that's a small yeah. market at first, at these prices, there's not going to be a lot of incentive for people to make really compelling or really well done software. Yeah. Uh, if it's like sort of the balance board or anything like that, it's going to be about two years of novelty. Um, mm-hmm. But I think playing Fantastic Contraption, where it's one where you kind of took parts and you stretched and squished them and you made vehicles that would move a ball through a target that was really fun but how how many hours would i put into that i don't know uh maybe having a small market at first will give them more time to refine vr for Mm -hmm. when it's at a lower price point because obviously i guess they'll be updating these headsets as they go on probably probably the the thing is that they need a super mario 64 not a wii uh a uh, Wii Sports. Well, not not according to Valve. I think they, I think they're saying in general. Like I think it was Valve that said they don't need a killer app. They don't think you need a killer app or VR. They just think. Uh, <laughs> I disagree with that highly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm not going to buy it if there's not a. I am not going to buy it just for the tech itself. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think most people will. Like I think I don't know. It's it's so it's so weird. But I do think you need something that really truly showcases. You know why VR might be you know the, a, a future a future aspect of games at least. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm still torn on it. Like I, I enjoyed what we saw at PAX. At the same yeah. time, I don't know if I want to be playing it that often. You know, or it's not even that. It's not even that practical. Like if you're sitting down, sure. Uh, but even then, like how how much do people want to strap something to their head at for you know an eight hundred dollar price? Now, granted, there are other cheaper options out there, like Gear VR. And then there's even, of course, cardboard going all the way to the bottom of the barrel, uh, you know, which is <laughs> just have a, basically just free. Just a garbage bucket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what, how things shake out. But it's going to be a while, I think, before we really see it reach anywhere close to uh, penetration of, of significance, I think. so. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I mean PlayStation VR is really the best is really the best bet at this point to see what's going to happen. Maybe Kojima's working on something for it. You never know because yeah. they, they nabbed him. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But I'm a Sony fan, and I even I don't I don't trust Sony with, with uh, proprietary. No, that's true. Anything. <laughs> that's a good point. You know, like they might have that best opportunity, but 
God, did they always find a way to just not make it work. <laughs> yeah, really. Gee, they came to support some of their systems, like the Vita. <laughs> yeah. Remember PlayStation Move? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Super silly, Friends but. game. Yeah. Well, we might be seeing more of a. We might be seeing more VR pretty soon, Tom, at GDC. Yeah. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. Always awesome. A lot of talks there, too. We'll see what they're having trouble with or their advice for developers, maybe. Indeed. It should be cool. It should be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up for the news. So let's go ahead and move on to our topics, where each of us brings a, to- a topic this week, as suggested by our Patreon backers. And uh, I'll go start things off here. So this one comes to us from Patreon backer Adam Harris, who's asking, uh, he wants to know if we prefer playing on a console or a handheld and why. He's just really interested to hear about our personal play styles. So uh, I'll go and open up to you guys first. Uh, how do you guys prefer playing? What's your, you know, what do you like playing when you play a game? Well, it might be the fact that I don't really get out of the house that much. <laughs> I'm looking like a running um, theme here with your answers. Uh, yeah, Eric, well, the, you're getting out so, of the house as E3. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Andre works me to death, huh? That's weird. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't get it. There's, there seems to be a correlation here, but I can't quite figure it out. But yeah, no, a laptop I'm, coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> There's no good coffee shops around here, and I don't yeah, drink fills. coffee. You need yeah, your coffee too. You just drink <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I typically prefer console because there is something just classic about sitting in front of a TV, nowadays a big TV, and just getting fully enveloped in that game and playing it and just really sucking you into that world. And handhelds have their place. I know a lot of people who take their handhelds where, with them wherever they go and are able to play it and enjoy it. But because I don't travel that much and because if I do travel, it's always um, – driving myself i don't have the the opportunity of public transit i don't get those small sessions so handheld gaming to me is laying on my bed and just enjoying the game myself and being you know slightly comfier because i'm on mm-hmm. my bed uh yeah. so in all I, mean, I both can provide some really great experiences fire emblem bravely default and you know there's so many other examples of great experiences that you can have on the handheld but i do prefer the console so, yeah. Okay. You, Tom? Well, for me, I would say I prefer consoles for local multiplayer. Uh, that's for sure. So the games like Smash and Mario Kart. Um, but I am a bit like you where like, I love the single-player adventures and consoles, and I used to, but now being in an apartment, in a wooden building, I don't have like my ridiculous... 400 plus watt subwoofer oh, anymore. Oh, that thing was so awesome. I, <laughs> you could feel like, it felt like a windstorm from like 10 feet away. Yeah, I remember watching the Lord of the Rings movie with that and my friends and like some people were in shorts and they actually got cold from it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I bought it used, like it was like some floor model with a broken face so it was like several hundred dollars off. Uh, but yeah, it was ridiculous. So... I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not quite the same for me now without the surround sound system. So a lot of times if it's a single-player game like Link Between Wor- Worlds, I love that on the 3DS. And, yeah, it's just being playing that in bed at the end of the day, you know, in a comfy setting. Uh, so I would say for a single-player, 3DS is my favorite right now. Okay. That's that's interesting because the, I've talked to a couple of people where, um, like, they prefer playing RPGs on the 3DS because they can go wherever they are. They can play in small spurts and they can just slowly chip away at the game. And if you play an RPG on the console, you have to get set up and just sort of you got to put that extra effort into just ready to play the game, you know, because it is a much more epic experience. But when I think of RPGs, and this might just be because of the way I was experienced RPGs to begin with and all these great moments, I want to have that epic experience like a Lord of the Rings, you know. Uh, seeing yeah. all these crazy stuff happen. So I, I think that's why I do sort of prefer the uh, console experience. Oh, I, I, I definitely prefer the console experience. And it's for that reason, as you mentioned, pretty much, Derek. Like, when I when I play a game, I don't generally plan to play it for, like, 5 to 10 to 15 minutes. Like, I want to, you know, hunker down and really take it all in and enjoy it fully for what it is. I mean, granted, sometimes it, it does end up being shorter. But I very seldomly play a game knowing I'll only be playing for, for a short while. Um... So, so I do tend to play for longer periods of time, and for that, you know, and because of that, I prefer playing on the TV. And for for multiple reasons, I just you know pref- I find more comfortable. I like playing on the 
on the big screen with like a proper sound setup. And I like having a controller. It's so much more comfortable than trying to play on a handheld. Like with my hands are cramping on these you know, small controls. Good times. Playing on a small screen, yeah. <laughs> so, especially now, because when I play a game, it's usually only at home too. I usually, I almost never take my handhelds with me going outside anymore. Like, but I have my phone on me. Like, that's one thing I already have to carry around. Why do I want to carry around another device? Um, especially because, you know, if I'm just killing time, I'm fine with, you know, watching YouTube or reading articles or catching up on email or, you know, doing work-based stuff from my phone yeah. even. So, for me, like, a handheld serves no point anymore. Like, a handheld gaming device serves really no reason for me uh, personally. So, it's for that reason that I want to touch on another topic here real quick. And I don't know if I want to make it a a, a main topic, but another Patreon viewer, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Ahmed Nazir, I think, or, uh, yeah, Nazir, had asked, uh, with all the rumors and possibilities of the Nintendo NX, I'm just wondering what we personally would like to see from it. And that's the one thing I want to see, I think, is... There's a lot of rumors about being a hybrid, of course, of some kind. We have no idea to what degree. I think it'd be awesome is if fundamentally you can play uh, the same games across different devices. So if I can play the handheld games of the NX platform on the NX console at home, that would be awesome. If I, basically, if I, if I never have to touch a handheld device again, I can just play those <laughs> games on my TV. That is fantastic. That is great to me. So. There's a lot of merit to that hybrid idea, just be- just in general, because you have the people that prefer playing RPGs on the go. They can play that RPG on the go. I want to experience that in the on the big screen and really see it pop. So I just pop that same game, and all of a sudden I can pray- play uh, Bravely Default on the big screen, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if they'll how successful they'll be within a hybrid idea if it is going to be a hybrid, but boy, do I want them to succeed. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to see NX just sort of as a platform like Android and, you know, be able to play it on whatever. I mean, the idea of, was it PlayStation, was it the Vita TV one? Was that just PlayStation TV where you could play Vita games on your TV? It was good, except for the fact that you lost all the touchpad stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not all games were, uh, could be played, but it still was a good idea, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, go I was going to say PlayStation Portable had the TV output cable. I mean, if it's something like that, or even just, you know, you buy two, but it's the same game, and I'm all for that. Yep. I'm, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I just want to know what the NX actually is. Come on, Nintendo, tell us something. And I feel like they kind of, feel like they have to at some point before E3, so... They have to. Did, did you guys hear that the, uh, there was uh, one of the developers out there, I think for Ori and the Blind Forest... Yeah. actually did come out and say that they, they thought it was a mistake that Nintendo has been so tight-lipped about the NX and not revealing what it is. Like, I'm always kind of worried it's going to be like a Sunshine situation because remember when Sunshine was coming out? I uh, remember. Uh, they were talking about, we don't want to reveal this idea because it's going to be so awesome that we were afraid of other people taking it. And nobody used Flood ever. Ever, yeah. The, the only yeah. people the people that came close to us were Nintendo themselves with Splatoon again. Years <laughs> down the line, so... Yeah, and yeah. but Nintendo has been like this their uh, systems before. I mean, Wii U wasn't really well any of their systems. You don't hear much about them till close to launch. I would say, like, mm-hmm. but yep. that's just the way it goes. Well, yep. I mean, before actually they, they like the Wii U. They actually show off that a fair amount before release. I think more than a full year before launch. So if the NX actually does come out this year. Uh, we're finding it. We're, we actually will be learning about it on a pretty small timetable. So you know, if it, it's here's the funny thing. Actually, if it is a handheld, that actually yeah. is kind of aligned with how they talk about most of their handhelds, where they usually do give a shorter window of of announcement to release. If it's a console, though, it is on a really small cycle. So it's going to be really interesting to see what fully happens here. Um, you know, I mean, with what device comes out because it sounds like the NX is a platform. So we'll be getting multiple devices eventually. Yeah. But I want to see what's coming first. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think time to move on. So, Derek, what's your topic? Uh, I chose a topic from Tyler Caldas, who wanted who wanted to wanted to know uh, should the new Pokemon games follow Fire Emblem Fates model of release with two highly separate campaigns, parts of regions uh, or parts parts of regions, and being able to purchase the other for half price as DL, DLC into the same cart. Mm. And I don't think that, I mean. Obviously, at this point, uh, the direct is either going to happen or has already happened, so we know whether or not that's a thing. 
uh, with Pokemon um, Sun and Moon. But I think as an idea, I, I really like this concept because it's so, so for so long it's been, you know, the same game just with minor differences, mainly in which Pokemon you catch and the, the, and the like. And having a completely different Pokemon experience with some crossover, like... Uh, let's say you have this one region, but for some, for whatever reason, you can only explore the center and eastern part of it, and the other uh, side can only explore the western and center part of it. And you get a little bit of crossover and are still able to trade over those games, but it also gives people to, a reason to buy both versions because there's that new content that they can experience. And I really like the idea of that. Do I think they'll ever do it like that? No, <laughs> never. But uh, I, I do like it as a concept. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I, I go back and forth on this. I'm so torn. I think it's an interesting concept to explore every now and then, such as with Fates. At the same time, the problem with this then is if you want the full Pokemon experience of that generation, you're going to have to buy two to three, two to three games. Yeah. Whereas right now, you can buy one of them and be content that you pretty much had a full experience. Yeah, there's some minor variations with the different versions. But story-wise, you got the whole experience. Um, for the most part, so I don't know. I, it, I mean, it, it depends how they do it, of course. But I kind, I'm kind of okay with how they're doing it now. Where, I mean, it, it's weird. I can see both sides of this because at, at the same time, it's like, well, if you buy, you know, if you buy both versions, you're rewarded for doing that by having these totally different experiences. But I don't think many people mm-hmm. do that. So at the same time, I don't know. It's so weird, right? <laughs> because if you're inclined to already do this anyway, you're it works out for you. But I do wonder if people might feel like they're missing out, uh, you know, by not getting that full experience. In order to get that full experience, you have to end up paying two or three times as much. Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, I would say it all depends. Does it feel like I'm getting two games there, or does it feel like I'm getting one game split in two? Uh, mm. <laughs> I would not want to have to pay more for a game that just has parts removed from it, uh, which is how I felt about, I think, Mario 3 and Game Boy Advance for the longest time, where I thought the cards, like, just added levels that were in the original, but they were actually new levels, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I found out recently, so I was like, well, I was wrong on that, but, (laughs) um, uh, but, you know, I, for the game, I think it's best just to, for them to keep it as one world and just focus more on, like, they already got a lot, a ton of Pokemon to put in there. Just mix that up for me, some events, uh, try to polish the Pokemon better, um, graphically focus on that instead of trying to focus on two campaigns, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, it's it's so funny because I can see, I you guys bring up great points, I you know didn't even think about that, the, the, the cost aspect of it and whether it be worth it, because in my mind... I was one of those kids who I didn't have anybody to trade with, so I bought both versions. I'd use my sister's Game Boy in order to trade over and get a complete oh, Pokedex. Hardcore. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. But, and I, I, I know I'm not alone in doing that. So I'm already kind of buying the same, same thing. So to me, having a completely different experience the second time around makes me much more interested in playing the game again. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's also the thing nowadays I do usually only play one. So... Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to stick to the way it's always been. There's no reason to change it to something like Fire Fire Emblem Fates. And I don't even know if Fire Emblem will do the same thing over. And this might have just been a one-and-done experiment. Maybe to just see which kind of Fire Emblem is the one that's most preferred. Um, But, I don't know, as as a one-off thing or... Them experimenting with maybe a a side series or something like that. Maybe, like, uh, Pokemon Conquest Fates. (laughs) You know, Mm. the strategy... uh, uh, spinoff from uh, for Pokemon and having different things that way, you know, experiment experiment a little bit. There's a lot you can do with uh, Pokemon, as we've seen many times over. <laughs> Detective Pikachu, <laughs> Detective Pikachu, Pokemon Snap Two. <laughs> uh, where is my Pokemon Snap sequel? That's all yeah. I care about. That and Gino. Come on, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I just thought it was a good question. I don't think they're going to change it, but I think. Uh, as an experiment, or maybe just for one time, I think it'd be interesting to tr- interesting to do. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree it would be interesting to do. Again, it comes down to how they do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's something like they've done with Zelda, right? Way back with uh, Oracle of Seasons and Ages, mm-hmm. where similar games, uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's similar, but also completely different at the same time. And they came together to form a, a whole, 
even though you could enjoy both by themselves. And in that case, it worked. So if they can find a way to do it right, awesome, great. The problem yeah. is, I think, with Pokemon, it's so much of it is just about... It's less so about the story. I'm, well, I don't know, Derek, you know more about it. I do. You play the recent ones. But Some it, it, story, yeah. There, there's, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I know their story, but the fundamentals of that game is always about like collecting Pokemon, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know if you can change it up substantially enough between two different versions to basically warrant doing the same thing twice, but I don't know, maybe they can. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that covers that topic. So, Tom, what's your topic? Well, my topic uh, for this week is from Brandon Chung. He said, any interesting memories of times you guys got together, for example, at E3? If nothing in particular, maybe you could just talk about those trips in general. All, All right. right. So, I think... So, the funny thing is here is, like, Tom and I go back a ways... So we've known each other since we first met at E3, actually, in the year 2000 or 2001, yeah. when we're working for uh, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo Joe, or more specifically Game Boy Dojo at the time. Yeah. And I think there, there's a bunch of stories I think we have from over the years, but I think my, my favorite memory, not so much a story, is I think our, our second year, or third year maybe, Scholar was there, no, wait, it must have been the first year. Yeah, was, <laughs> was, Scholar wasn't there the first year though, was he, Tom? I think he was there. He was there. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So I think Scott was there the first year, one of my other friends who also helped with games playing in the past. And we were walking to the convention center on maybe day two or day three with our group. We had a huge group that year. There was like 15 16. To, yeah, 15, it was 16. a massive... Like, you don't see that anymore except for the biggest sites, like GameSpot and IGN. But uh, back then, we had like 16 people from this you know freelance website. We're walking to the convention center... And I still don't know to this day what happened. You may have explained at some point, Tom. I don't even know. I don't even know if you remember. Okay. But we, me, I think you, me, and Scott were talking or whatever, and we're walking, and he just start, he just start running. He just start running to the convention center. You go inside, and then we're like, where the, where did Tom go? What? And then eventually you show back up, and then I, as if like nothing happened. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? Like you just need to run. Which now that I know you as well as I do, I know you love to run. I feel like maybe that's it. You just had to. You just had to run. So. <laughs> Gotta wow. go fast. Yep. I do not remember. <laughs> I do not remember that. I guess was, I was just so excited to get to the show. Or maybe that was it. To- that that might have been it. We're just like, what? Where did where did that guy go? <laughs> yeah, I'll, yep. I'll tell you. There's either two things. Either I'm super excited to get to the show, or I was scared <laughs> out of my mind being in Los Angeles for the first time. <laughs> Time. Back, like, I would not doubt that. I've seen some strange things going walking around Los Angeles, getting to that damn show. Oh yeah. boy. Oh yeah. man, it's better now for sure. But yeah, I could see that. I just wanted to get ahead and get in there, being all gung ho. Now it's like I've done it so many times. I I don't think I would run now, but. Uh, I, I was dying the first time I was walking with you two for I, I think it was at E3 when I was I first met you Tom uh, yeah but for my first one and I'm walking with you guys and you're taking such long strides like I think I've I thought I was a decently fast walker but I'm like f- gradually falling behind as you two are just going out in front of like what the hell <laughs> well you have to keep in mind too that we're we're also feel well first off Tom has like an ungodly like. Yeah, stretch. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, the freaking giant. Uh, but also, we're also fueled by like you know E three stress. Like we've been through yeah. this. We've been through this so many times before. We're like we gotta get there. We gotta get to the to the press room. We gotta secure our computers. We got gotta get and this I, ha- hammered down. And I was all bright and cheery and like, yeah. yay! E three, it's gonna be fun. No hell, 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 <laughs> hell. <laughs> and the first year is yeah. always the best too. At least in my experience. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can only speak from one experience of the first time. But the first year I thought was a lot of fun, and then. It's still, I mean, it's still enjoyable. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but you know, now it's more like more. It's more work now than it is fun. So, <laughs> got it down to a science. Yep, the coverage. <laughs> yeah, um, one of the other uh, funny moments I thought was uh, I think I wasn't I forget which year it was, but uh, I was I met you guys in San Francisco, you know, where you live, and the idea was that. Since Tom's out of since Tom's out of country, he can't drive, and you only can drive a motorcycle. I had to be the one to drive from the rental car from San Francisco to L.A. Right, for, wow. for, for E three, and it was so funny. Like it's a that's a massive drive for like eight hours, nine hours, or something like that, and. It was so funny watching you guys react to my driving because apparently I was just riding way too hard on 
whoever's in front of me, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that, that's not it, like, Derek. You've got brake and, rever- and gas backwards. <laughs> cars. I believe I had a song about it. You did it. have a song. I remember it. I remember the song exactly. Like, it was, it was like, something like, Taking a break, go a little slower. Taking a break, oh my god, Derek, the car's right there, we're going to crash. It was something like that. It was great, like it was, like it was comforting knowing that we might die, but that helped, that helped get us through it. I didn't think my driving was that bad. I mean, the the, the biggest issue for me is it was a tiny ass car, and I'm just not used to that something yeah. that small and just getting was, adjusted to it. It was a small. Was that the was that the year when we were? It was a year where we tried like we barely fit everything into the car, like yeah. all our gear. But we were bringing down like two giant desktops, the monitors for it, um, our, you know, other computer, our laptops, microphones, camera equipment. It, like they usually, I go for like the economy car. And quite often they'll upgrade you, but they don't have enough of them. They had enough this time, and they gave us the smallest car they had. And yeah, it was <laughs> just ridiculous. Just fitting it all in there, just squeezed yeah. in. It was just, oh, it was a nightmare. So but the following year, I did not take any chances. I'm like, are right, we going for the, like the medium sized car? So. And yeah. you drove. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You drove. That's I did. yeah. I, I, I took no chances. I'm like, screw it. I'm paying for the insurance. <laughs> Which they just kill you on, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like, the reason I had you drive the first year was because you had the car insurance, whereas for me to get it through the rental car agency, it's insane. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'll pay the insane cost. I'll drive this year. <laughs> I want to live. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, like, I'm driving through L.A., and, like, all of a sudden, like, something flies off the back of this car, and everybody's dodging. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, L.A. is fun it's, to drive through. Oh, gosh. You never know what you're going to get. I remember literally the first year, Tom. Do you remember we drove down there? I think it was yep. the first year. And there was like, like, there's like a burning tire on the side of the road. Yes, like, I we, was going to say that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's right by the Welcome to Los Angeles sign. As we're in a traffic jam on I-5 crawling. Or maybe it's the Hollywood section, but crawling into L.A. Yes, burning tire on the ground. Actually, on fire. Like, it's the only time in my life I've seen that before or since. So. We're in the demolition man future. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a kind of shot you would see in a movie. It's like, you know, pans across the L.A. sign, and you see this burning tire. It's like, oh, yeah, that sums up L.A. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other stories. Like, I know there's a I, bunch. I just, oh, it was fun last year with us marathoning Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Was, that was great, and the Doctor Mario and the the Mario Party. Oh god! If you want to see Salty Andre, <laughs> if you want to see Salty Andre, have him win at Mario Party Two. Except, except that you have the new guy Derek the whole time saying, "Oh man, I'm not good at this. Oh, I'm getting used to this. Oh, <laughs> I'm in last." And then you, being Tom, find that switch item that can switch items between players and you manage yeah the the switch star and you manage to switch all of Andre's stars with Derek (laughs) that's to be to be fair that still doesn't indicate me being good just incredibly lucky in that case yeah <laughs> because it's within five turns left that I did this too I think didn't you also extend the time and that's when it happened yeah, it might have been two, yeah. I did oh, extend it at one game. Yeah, yeah. I figured how... Was, oh, we put Mario Party 3 where that could happen. Oh, yeah, we tried something mm-hmm. new, yeah. Because, I had, because I've had Mario Party 3 for like 15 years. I don't think I ever actually fully played the whole board game of it, and we finally did it. So it was kind of like... So Mario Party 2 has historically been our go-to game, and I've long heard that Mario Party 3 was kind of like Mario Party 2. So I'm like, great, this is kind of like a whole new like sequel we never got before that we're playing through. Um, and of course, then Derek wins the whole thing with his BS <laughs> final... Yeah. Five turns and blame Tom, not me. (laughs) But yeah, speaking of the Doctor Mario matches, oh man, Tom, those were those were fun. Like we got some into into some really intense matches. Those were were crazy intense. I have not played that that intensive a game since, or like that that was. Those are quite the matches, especially like best of seven. Was it in the end? Oh, something like that. Because we just go back and forth the entire time. Yeah, and uh, like the, the thing is, I would I could was consistently beating you and then all of a sudden like no I gotta do one more match like you did not want this to end and that no. final set you, you that final set you finally got me I mean yeah. I would have loved to have a recording of it and post it online like we did for the Game & Wario play uh, Game & Watch that we did but we weren't Frogs. talking we were concentrating so much oh yeah Frogs we need, we need Andre to commentate basically because yeah. yeah we wouldn't be able to talk if we, no, it's, the guy who talks he would lose yeah it's true <laughs> they, they were in the zone so there's yeah, there was no break of concentration there. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like, if I said anything, you guys would have yelled at me. You might even have. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I'll throw an N64 controller at you. Get it. One of the prongs. <laughs> those things hurt. <laughs> exactly. They do. 
Um, uh, anyway, I have a couple E3 stories. Uh, all right. Go for uh, it. So Derek covered, we covered some of the recent ones, Derek, but back, back in the day, back around, <laughs> I guess the very first E3, I have a pretty good story. We're in a hotel. I had never taken a plane anywhere in my life before then. So getting out of L.A., that was a brand new experience for me, and staying in a hotel with like 15 or 16 other guys from Game Boy Dojo and Nintendo Dojo. <clears throat> Andre being one of those other people, and that was the first time I met Andre in person. Um, so after a long day, one day I was um, going for a rest uh, while everybody's in the room playing games and whatnot, and I knew there was a dresser behind me. So I was being pretty careful, lying down very slowly, because I didn't want to hit my head in this dresser. But I guess I was so tired, I went kind of quickly, and I smacked my head on the corner of the motel dresser. Oh, I remember (laughs) this. And it went, like, my eyes in that brief moment that I hit it, it was just black. Like, I didn't get knocked out for that brief millisecond, it was black. I put my hand to the back of my head. And it was covered in blood. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I was like, jeez, what do I do? Like, do I need stitches? And uh, what I ended up doing was taking one of the hotel towels and just putting it on the back of my head and holding it there. And fortunately, it stopped. And of course, having brown hair, uh, <laughs> no one really saw it. But yeah, I didn't, like, I was worried I'd have to go to a hospital or something. But no, it's like, it's okay. And, you know, kind of, that was kind of surprising for it to happen. Like, I thought I was being careful, but maybe I just, hit it perfectly right that I started bleeding so quickly. And I, unfortunately, that was okay. That was day two. And I remember that, yeah. Yeah. There was, like, there was blood everywhere. Like, that, that, that towel was destroyed. <laughs> yeah, that towel was destroyed. Um, but then we get to the end of the show, and at one point, we had a cockroach in our bathtub that I killed. This was the first of the oh, cockroaches God. I'd kill. Uh, we can talk about our other cockroach stories <laughs> later, perhaps. <laughs> and... I, t- I told Dean Kavanaugh, the guy who ran Game Boy Dojo, it's like, man, we had, you know, it was a pretty good time. Well, we had a cockroach in our bathtub, and I guess that's not the worst thing to have happen in your show. And Dean's like, yeah, I know, this hotel's not the best. Uh, we had a bloody towel in our room. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, really? Was, <laughs> it's like, like, was somebody murdered? <laughs> yeah, it's just like... Oh, <laughs> never thought of that. Like, never thought of the repercussions after just concerned about that. But I guess I just put the towel back in the rack. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so somebody was going there one time, and they had this bloody towel. And they're probably, like, shocked and thinking, what is with this hotel? I didn't have the heart to tell him. I'm sorry, oh, Dean. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. I was just like, oh, Oh, that's well, and, too bad. <laughs> and to bring the whole thing full circle, too, last year we actually ended up staying at that same hotel again 15 yeah. years later. And sure enough, there was a cockroach in the room again. So yeah. oh, I was I was so paranoid. I have never had a cockroach in my life, and I just do not want them to come back to my place. So I'm no. like being as cautious as possible to make sure no cockroach can get anywhere. We had every, all of our stuff elevated just yeah, to make yeah. sure no cockroach can make it in. We shifted the bed so we could get just – Make sure we got it. It was yeesh. And we got it. We got it. <laughs> we did. Yeah. cockroaches. How many of you guys were squished into a hotel? Like there was fifteen of oh, you. Oh man. How many were how many of you were there per room? The first year we had four rooms. Uh it was either just four or five. But the second year there was nine and we had five in the room. Oh, it was God. pretty squished. Yeah, it was it was pretty tight. I remember. Oh, do you remember when we took the van, Tom? We like we took like a taxi van yeah. to the convention center the first year, or like the first day, or maybe every day. And like we crammed like most of us into that single van. So like the people like in the aisle, like just yeah. holding on to the seats. <laughs> it was crazy. I I did think it was really cool though when we got to the hotel for the first time the first year, and they had like a Nintendo Joe sign behind the desk, like on the wall. Yeah, like, oh, that's cool. Like we're important enough to have like our own sign there. Sweet. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you have four rooms you're renting out for multiple oh, days. You know what I just remembered? What? I haven't told my Miyamoto story yet. Well, I was I was thinking about getting to that, but you can say that one. Well, no, sure. you can, you're, you're, you're better storyteller than I, I can, think, so you should probably do it. Okay, I'll well, add my commentary throughout. Yeah, you can <laughs> add your perspective of it yeah. after, in quotes. Yep. Um, so basically, the first year at Nintendo Joe, we had these... I guess what turned out to be infamous hockey jerseys with a Nintendo Joe on them. They were really good and all, but we wore them every single day, so I guess people <laughs> thought they were smelly. But anyway, 
Well, they were hot, yeah. E3 is, you know, it, it, there's thousands of people around you. It's an enclosed area. And you're wearing these freaking thick hockey jerseys. <laughs> yeah, we're all in shorts, but in jerseys. And walking to the show every day, it's about almost 20, 30 minutes from that hotel. So yeah. mm-hmm. at 30 degrees, uh, you start sweating. But anyway, I'm sure we were the least of the smelly guys there. Just... People created a Nintendo odor or something, Nintendo odor. <laughs> uh, but with these jerseys, everyone chipped in a bit more to get one more jersey made. And we had an extra special one made for Shirgu Miyamoto in case we got to meet him. And it had Miyamoto and number 64 on the back because that was, uh, I think the GameCube was unveil- unveiled that year, but you know, just the N64. And right at, I forget it was like a. It wasn't necessarily the Nintendo press conference, was it? But like some E3 pre-E3 speech? Yeah, it was like one of those speeches or something. Yeah, it wasn't the conference itself, though. Yeah, and Miyamoto was actually sitting only made a few rows ahead of us. It was like, guys, guys, come on, we can give him the jersey, we can give him the jersey. So our whole team got there, and we presented Miyamoto with the jersey, and we got a nice picture of Miyamoto being, I guess, 15 years younger than he is now with all our younger selves handing him the jersey he's holding it up he's kind of like sort of his kooky small where he's like he appreciates it but at the same time he's probably thinking what is this <laughs> but we had the whole group uh present him the jersey except for one guy who did not <laughs> notice and is just staring idly in the photo yeah, so I mean, so that's that's the best part. So I wanted you know, Mimo was my like my god growing up, right? Like I yeah. wa- like of all the people in the world to meet, Mimo would be the one I wanted to meet. And so of course I'm the one, I'm the only one who's not in this group photo. But as Tom mentioned, if you look in the picture in the in the back, there's only one person you can see in the background, and basically, and that is me. I'm on the very edge of the picture. You can see me in the background, sitting there, totally oblivious. <laughs> to what's happening with everyone else getting to meet my hero, Shigeru Miyamoto, at the time. Yeah. What were so, you thinking at the time? You just noticed all these guys grouping together I, around one person? I don't, know, just... I don't even know what happened. I, was, I wasn't even paying attention. I, think. I, was like, I was paying attention on stage, I think, yeah. to what was happening on the stage. Yeah. So I didn't even see them get up and go over to Miyamoto. So, oh man, that uh, is... It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny, but it almost makes a better story than I have, if I actually met Miyamoto. Like, it's way more memorable now. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Especially because there is a photo... I liked yeah. how in the photo we had one guy, Azaz, who was a Photoshop whiz at the time. He Half his face got uh, graphics corruption from, like I guess, new digital cameras at the time. So he actually Photoshopped half his face to the other half, because otherwise it looks like a giant birthmark <laughs> and no eye on his face. It was too bad. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but that was just... I. The timing of that, but you you've been close to Miyamoto since then, so you've kind of yeah. I mean, I've seen them a bunch since. I mean, yeah, like we've seen them in passing, um, like you know when we do like every uh, year, like the booth tours, or we go behind, you know, we go to the like the media area, for instance. Yeah, um, also when the the big smash reveal when they showed off uh, Wii Fit Trainer uh, at the at that event because you could go to the Nintendo booth that year. Yeah, and uh, have a little thing, and you know he was on stage. Oh yeah, uh, Reggie was on stage. I, uh, I think was who else was Sakurai there, or was it somebody else? There's some remember. other. He was there person. a day, but I don't know if he was there at that event. Yeah, was- but there's a, there's Nintendo bigwigs all right there, so we weren't yeah. that far away. Yeah, and then even just a year or two ago, Tom and I were walking. We were leaving. Yeah. And as we were exiting the door, like the door from Our the secret main, entrance, from the yeah, from the secret entrance door is what we call it. Uh, also, a secret exit, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we passed by Miyamoto, uh, who was just hanging out, like with another Nintendo employee or two. Like no one else is around them. Like it, no the one else. The creator, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I think yeah, Anuma. That's right. Anuma. Yeah. So yeah, and so we could we could we could totally just, like walked up and got his autograph, but I'm totally past that point at this point. I'm like, yeah, I missed my chance in 2001. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember another point we walked by Ayanuma, but I don't think that was – I might not have been there for that one that you did because Ayanuma was alone when I walked – when we walked past him the other time. Yeah, I forget. We, we were – why were we leaving the convention center? We were – I think it was the, we, end of the end of the day maybe, wasn't was it? Was it the end of the day? Usually oh, the end of the day went out that way maybe. and then they oh, leave I, at the end of the day. I, I, no, I think what was happening was actually we were picking up our passes. Okay. Oh, that back. was it. Yeah, so we were passing by, what was it, LA Live, where they had the whole Smash Brothers thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And out the rear entrance, there was uh, there was Anuma. I think oh, right. I think it was smoking too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. So we, 
I forget. We walked right past him. Like, no one no one else was none the wiser. Like, just around the corner, I think, was the huge line for the show, I think, maybe. I, yeah. Or maybe I'm confusing, like, the exact time frames. But, yeah, we just passed right by him. I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's cool to see them, but you don't want to be that guy that bugs them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. It could be cool to meet them, but, eh. <laughs> yeah, well, we, just, well, we had we had the interview, or no? Was it? Uh, no, we didn't have the interview with them. It was um, Tezuka, Tezuka, yeah, Tezuka San. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> cool. That was cool. That was awesome yeah. too. Yeah. So. It's like I'm meeting a man who made Mario three, and like I managed not to be a super fanboy. <laughs> so I was pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> that was pretty. Only, managed to contain it. Yeah. yeah there's only like yeah. eight of those guys in the world. <laughs> was, wasn't me and wasn't Miyamoto also in the uh, room when they were doing the whole um, uh, Smash Pac Man presentation in that yep. uh, side room? Because he was in the front. He was. That's right. There. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, in fact, some people actually went up, like, during... That was, like, a little media event. Some people actually did go up and, like, get his autograph, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not too surprised. But this is also yeah. the same group that had that guy that <laughs> wanted to be a developer for Sakura because he could... He played Smash really well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sakura had a good answer for him, though. Yeah, he did. He did. That was pretty great. <laughs> great moment that time. All right. Well, I think... I mean, I, I know we've gone forever with stories, but I think that's we true. should say some of them for potential future discussion topics unless we'll have nothing to talk about in the future <laughs> yeah. so I think that wraps up for this week guys so um, as always thanks for listening to our fourth ever episode of Game Explain Real Talk we'll be back hopefully next week with more and of course we'll have lots more on uh, depending when you listen to this we'll probably already will cover the Pokemon event quite extensively uh, but yeah and you know other things on top of that too so I guess I'm done. I'm done talking. Bye. I, I can <laughs> imagine listening to the podcast music now. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>